Real Golf Radio. It's a reround now on the tee. Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Protecting the rights of you and your loved ones. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio. Hey, welcome in. It's hour number three of Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us here. 20 years talking golf with you right on 1280 The Zone. Uh, pleased to be a part of the mothership and uh, also good to be visiting golf, uh, visiting with you and talking golf every Saturday morning, 6 to 9 here on 1280 The Zone. Hey, we got a fun one for you. If you're just waking up or just tuning in, we spent the last couple of hours talking. You know, look, here's the things we talked about. We hit the golf life. It's aeration season. That's part of the golf life, and it's... A real, a real downer for the golfer, right? I mean, it's it's a little depressing when you realize that the greens have been punched, but it's a necessary part of the process. Jake Ebner is the golf course superintendent at Alpine Country Club. Kind enough to spend some time with us. If you missed the interview with Jake, we'll replay that for you coming up. Also, America's favorite caddy stopped by, and somehow we ended up talking about Pro-Am stories and Joe Montana. So if you want to hear, uh, you know, it's football season, so I suppose that's appropriate. Caddy sharing Pro-Am stories and Joe Montana and why he couldn't even hit the ball. What made him so scared to hit the ball? That story coming up later this hour as well. Plus, uh, our way too early major championship preview segment. What are we, six months away from Augusta, Bob? Seven? <laughs> we are six months away Something from like Augusta. That? Yeah, six. You know, when, when major championships end especially with the open championship now in July, you know, now you got to wait all the way till April again for the masters. So it's, it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough because we, uh, we build our year-round majors. No doubt about it. So we'll talk about that. There's some tremendous venues, which there tends to be, right, around major championship golf. Augusta, of course. Uh, Harding Park hosting the PGA Championship. The U.S. Open returns to Wingfoot, where one Billy Casper won the U.S. Open back in 1959. And then, of course, across the pond, we go to Sandwich, England, Royal St. George's. Uh, actually, quite a historic venue, despite Ben Curtis's win. Back in 2004. <laughs> a lot of great champions there, or no three. doubt was about it. 2003, it. maybe. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that was a little bit of a weird one. You remember Tiger Woods, they lost his tee shot off the first tee. The very first tee shot he hit at that championship, they couldn't find it. He missed it right and all that. There was a million people walking around. They couldn't find his ball, and he had to go re-tee. And Thomas Bjorn took like four or five to get out of the, a bunker on like the 71st, 70th hole or something like that to cost him the championship. It just was one of those weird things that I thought, I don't know if I like this golf course, but the more I've looked back on it and done some history and research, I think it has its place, and maybe that was a bit of a peculiar year but it is one of those rope road venues bob it those is link style golf courses where luck does play a factor doesn't it it does play a factor as well as the weather you remember that that year ben curtis um it was almost like the dark side of the moon because they hadn't had a lot good point of of uh moisture and that kind of thing so the golf course was really dry and then the ball was bouncing everywhere and that kind of thing so it was pretty interesting yeah that's a good that's really good uh, point to point that out because it it then it felt like that the dark side yep. of the moon yeah <laughs> that's a great description so anyway we'll get into all that later this hour thanks for joining us it's brought to you in part by zion's bank we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business and again um this week when you talk about the the compacted compaction that's going to be the theme of the day bob Compacted soil requires airifying the greens. Yes. Easy for me to say. Yes. Aeration. Mm -hmm. Uh, The compacted, 
major championship schedule requires players to do things differently with their schedule. And so you're seeing right. quite a few players that are saying, okay, yeah, look, we we really grinded it out and focused from April through July. But then, you know, yeah, we had FedEx Cup, but I'm ready to go again. And so you see guys like Tony Finau and others that are playing over in Europe at the BMW Championship. Yeah, Tony's playing um, at uh, at Wentworth is where they play the BMW Championship. And that uh, basically is kind of like their players championship that we have over here on the PGA tour. But Tony threw two rounds, um, some nice play, uh, four under par in the second round, two under par in the first round. Amazing thing is he's six under par and he's, uh, right now he is what, uh, after two rounds, five shots uh, back was five shots back. Yep. So, uh, Tony made two double bogeys and two bogeys in his first two rounds. Um, so, to go with 10 birdies and an eagle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, it's a good thing he's making birdies. Now he needs to clean up the card a little bit, and I look forward to him playing some really good golf over the weekend. You spent some time with Tony before he headed across the pond, and he was kind enough to join us last week as well. He just had his 30th birthday, so happy birthday, T. But what what was it? Explain what you were doing with Tony and the award that he received. So um, – we were invited, uh, my mom and I, and as well as my wife, um, were invited up to Park City for uh, this event that uh, a dinner, basically, for um, IH, for the IHC Foundation and Amicus. It's something that our family's been involved with for quite a while, from from the very beginnings. So while my dad was still alive, um, he was involved, and my mom as well. But after he passed away, they they decided to institute a Billy Casper award and, and give it out to those that help in the community help, um, and serve others and that kind of thing. And so this year, uh, my mom and I presented it to Tony Fina. Oh, very cool. Nice. How was yeah. it received? What did he think? what did he say? Oh, he, he thought it was really cool. We also gave him, you know, the little coins that we do at the, at my, my dad's tournament in San Diego. We also gave him one of those coins with my dad on the front holding the Ryder cup trophy. And, um, he was really appreciative, appreciative of that as well. And, uh, it was, it was fun. Got to spend some good time with him and, and then, uh, we got to interview him the next day. Your dad has meant a lot to, uh, to Tony. He, his dad, uh, Tony's dad shared that with us, uh, at, uh, Torrey Pines last year. I yeah. thought that was pretty interesting. We had a little bit of a moment and, and visited and he really shared how much, uh, of a of an influence and an example that your dad was to a young Tony Finau in helping him understand how to conduct yourself and behave yourself as a professional golfer. Yeah. And you know, the other thing is is Tony Tony wants to um honor um and represent those that have come before him in the game, especially here in Utah and that kind of thing. And so um He's he's really made it a point to 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 let us know how much dad meant to him and how you know and what what it's meant to him to to have my dad help him, um, you know, sign golf balls for him, that kind of thing. He keeps a golf ball that my dad signed in his golf bag at all times and when he plays important tournaments and that. kind. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting. It's it's good stuff. Tony's a great kid. No doubt about it, and uh, that really is a cool award, so thanks for sharing that information. By the way, speaking of Tony, uh, he went out to Alpine Country Club last week and dropped a uh-huh. little course record 62 yes. from the tips out there. He uh, shot a lot of 62s in this fall. Shot 62 up at Victory Ranch. 
Um, there was another one that he shot a 62 besides Alpine too. And it's a new course record because uh, we just redid everything. So uh, just had it newly rated. So now hey, here's your opportunity. You want to go out there and bust out a 60, 61, 59? You got that? Got that kind of game? Here's your opportunity. Get out to Alpine and do it. I would wait another week or so till the greens heal, and we're going to hear about that from Jake as uh, we just punched uh, on Monday. But yeah, it'll go quick. I think this weather's going to help, having a little moisture, a little rain, cooler temperatures, and then sun's going to come back out, growing, helping the growing uh, process as well. So all all good, all good stuff, and we'll get into that uh, coming up here in just a few minutes on Real Golf Radio. Uh, in fact, uh, we we should mention to you also that this segment is in Real Golf Radio is brought to you in part by Siegfried and Jensen Hoops vision and you went to golf as well and we'll have to talk to you about barbecue pit stop also coming up here in just a minute but first it's time for america's favorite caddy there are bag rats and then there are caddies pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the pga tour while we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper here he is the caddy on real golf radio Oh, yeah, that caddy joins us every week right here on Real Golf Radio. If you're just new to the program, he is the best of the best. We call him America's favorite caddy. Hey, caddy, how are you, man? I'm kind of wondering about the squeak. The what? The squeak on the walk-up song. When the, when the little bag rat squeaks. Is that, oh. is that a cute squeak or is that like a Willard week i'm not it's kind of like right in between you know bobby's breaking down his open we've been playing this for over 10 years the same one and he's this just the last two weeks has decided he's going to break it down last week he was admiring and appreciating the uh the the female voice saying baby and this week he's wondering what kind of squeak he has yeah it's the opposite cat it's the the squeak is kind of like the childish sound effect for bag rat and the caddy gets the baby right i mean the 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 nice female voice baby yeah i don't like that bob that's kind of creepy as brian said the european tour is rolling out this pace of play and but they're using gps devices to track players as they go around the golf course i guess they hang one of these gps devices on one of the golf bags in the group And uh, they're able to watch and see how those players, how long it takes to reach a tee, how fast they they walk, you know, the the shot, how long it takes to hit a shot before they move, that kind of thing. It's pretty interesting. Knowing a little bit about GPS, I bet they're accessing the Galileo satellites, (laughs) which are considered the European system. But that's a whole other That's another detail. So, yeah, again, the only thing I kind of worry about with this is I don't want to see a guy on the last call of a tournament having to really rush something because he's on the clock, and if he gets dinged here, he's going to lose the tournament. And that's just not golf, right? That's not golf. But it's all the shots that led up to that point in time. Where, where, he's, where he's on the clock and he's having to speed things up. Right, so if he's not on the clock, then he can take his time on the last hole, right, as I understand it, because he's not on the clock. Right. So, yeah, so it, in theory, he's in control of that happening, right? In theory. In theory. That's right. So, well, I, I think uh, one thing I'll predict is that I think it's cool that they're addressing it, and more than addressing it, actually doing something about it. And... 
I think you'll see a completely different system in place by the end of the year. Mm. Well, yeah. I, it's going to be tweaked. It's gonna, they're going to figure out this and that. Sure. And yeah. Yeah. I think we ought to just have players ought to just get together, kind of like when they're electing a new pope, go into the back room. Everybody's going to go, well, we all know the place slow, and kind of do it that way because it'd be such great controversy after that. No, well, nobody liked that guy. Now he's the slow player. I'm, I, I'm definitely lacking sleep here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You've got him in the back yeah. room deciding who the next leader of the Christian world is. Apparently, yeah. I just, I just, I, I just pulled out a driver on 18 at Pebble with a four-shot lead. You, you, <laughs> you need to, you need to take it out of my hand and give me a three iron. Take it out of my hand. Give me a three iron. Give me a five iron. Was that uh, what is that? Augusta yeah. wind roams. Maybe a four iron. <laughs> I can hit this shot. Speaking <laughs> of Rome and Romo, uh, Tony Romo is playing in in the Safeway Open. Silverado coming up. And Phil Mickelson's pro aminate with Steph Curry in that event. They say Romo says if he makes the cut, he's not going to do football on Sunday. Jenny, who's who's the who's the biggest uh, celebrity that's played in your group? Uh, probably I'm going to say Joe Montana is hmm. probably the biggest that comes to mind right off the top of the noggin. You don't have to uh, hesitate saying Joe Montana. I mean, come on. No. Arguably the best quarterback of all time. And he told me the John Candy story, so apparently that is true. What is that? When, when Joe Montana drove down to beat, I believe it was the Bengals in the Super Bowl on the last minute drive. Yeah. As they were getting uh, as they were getting into the huddle, I don't know if it was the start of the drive or in the middle of the drive. He started to call play, and he goes, "Hey, look over there! Look at there! Like third row, that's John Candy." <laughs> <laughs> True story, apparently. Really, I think he, I think Joe was pretty relaxed about things. Yeah, you know, there's Did something. You to, about, yeah, go ahead. So Joe, Joe wasn't a great golfer. He had pretty good putt. Uh, and we came around to the 15th hole, and he hit a pull hook into the crowd, and it went in there like an exocet missile. You're like, uh oh, that's going to hurt somebody. I've probably told this story, but it's worth telling again. So, sure enough, boom, you know, it hits somebody. And I got up there first, and there's a woman laying on the ground, but she's laying on her side with her hands under her head. So, clearly, she's not hurt. Because, you know, way like that when you're hurt. So, I kind of turn around, and I wave everybody off like everything's fine. But Joe, but Joe goes in there to check it out. We're all the way down to the 15th green. No sign of Joe Montana. And, by the way, Huey Lewis was our partner in that group. So you can imagine the crowds in the Bay Area with Joe Montana and Huey Lewis. Yeah. So here comes Joe. He comes jogging to the green. He doesn't play the hole at all. And now we're on 16. He can't swing at it. He makes about a, he gets about halfway down and he just almost stops swinging and just dribbles the ball off the tee. And he kind of picks it up and we're walking down. He's kind of dragging behind the group. We're walking to the fairway and now, my dad went to Notre Dame, so I remember watching Joe Montana win the Cotton Bowl when he came out with the flu when I was a little kid, and it was he's a legend in my mind, right? So I'm sitting there thinking, this is great. 
I'm going to give the greatest pressure athlete in the history of sports some advice on how to handle the pressure here. How good is this? <laughs> so being the caddy, you know, I think I can do this. So, so I dropped back. I said, hey, Joe. I said, listen, that woman wasn't hurt. In fact, you probably made her day. She's going to tell everybody about how she met Joe Montana and he hit her with a ball and da 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 da. She's fine and all the pros out here. Every player out here has hit somebody. And it, it gets you. It's tough. But here's what you got to do. Just forget about it and just swing as hard as you can. It's, nothing's going to happen. And he looks right at me and he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm just so scared to swing at it right now. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself now, not verbalizing, of course. Here's a guy who's got 300-pound linemen coming at him who can run four seven forties. And he's scared of hitting a golf ball. It just goes to show you how mentally difficult and cruel this game is that we play. <laughs> so that's a neat Joe Montana story. We have actually several Joe Montana stories from that week, but that was an interesting one. So how did he finish? Did he finally did he finally was he able to hit it? I think so. I think he was fine after that. I, I really can't recall. I think if he hadn't been fine, I would have remembered it. So it works. I think, he, I think, well, that's true. I didn't even consider that. Maybe the advice actually <laughs> worked. I did. didn't even think of that. Uh, uh, you're, that's why you're, that's why you're the America's greatest caddy. What can I say? Well, I just move ahead to the next path. I don't, <laughs> I don't bask, I don't bask in the glory of my successes. So do the play, I mean, obviously as a caddy, you got to enjoy the opportunity playing with a celebrity. Do the players also like, do the guys, do they, do they get up a little bit for showing off for the guys that they either idolize from other sports or the silver screen or their business acumen and, and, and positions? Do they get excited about that pro-am? I, I think so. And one of our, another, another one that happened to us at Pebble and clearly the one I was really looking forward to of all of them. No question. At the first tee tournament, the Champions Tour event, we're paired with Clint Eastwood at Pebble. Mm. I've, I've, I've been paired with Clint Eastwood at Pebble before. There you go. So I am so looking forward. Never I been, Never been in the group. See, seen him a million times, but never never met him either. So I'm so this is great. Well, it's about three minutes before tea time. No Clint Eastwood. I'm thinking, he, what's he going to do? Just come out of the bushes or something? I mean, he is Clint Eastwood. But then this guy walks right up to me, and he holds out his hand, and he goes, hey, how you doing? I'm the major disappointment. That's how he introduces himself. And I said, <laughs> I looked right at him, and I said, yes, you are. And he goes, yeah, Clint's back went out this morning, so I'm taking his place. Ah. And I I was crushed. I was crushed. So when I caddied for Keith Clearwater at 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 and T, yep, Clint Clint was in our group for the th- for the three days. That was pretty oh, fun. Tremendous. tremendous. Were you going to do the Clint Eastwood impression, Caddy? You were. You had a something. You had something for him. You wanted to do an impression, didn't you? Well, I was actually going to go somewhere along those lines. So I will tell you that every actor we played has made me kind of start realizing that none of these guys act. That's just how they are. Bob, am I right? Does Clint not give you the Clint look without even trying? He oh, just yeah. He has it, right? And he I talks mean, he in has, that voice, he, too. And he talks 
just like that, doesn't he? Yep. Because it, it's the low, soft ear shot, Bob. <laughs> I mean, that's just how that's just how he talks. He's not acting. Nope, no acting he is not. Involved. No acting involved. None of these people act. It's all a, we've been hoodwinked. Hoodwinked. So okay. not, I don't know though. I think I I gotta think Tom Hanks does some acting, doesn't he? I mean, look at Forrest Gump. And, yeah, but anyway, it does. It does. That's one of the cool things about meeting the actors is is how much they're like their main character, right? Mm. It is just hilarious. It's like wow, that's just who they are. So. All right, before we're running out of time, but before we let you go, this is I'm going to bounce this question right back at you then. Do the tour players, do they at all get nervous when they're playing with a celebrity? Well, I was the first year that we, uh, I, when I was working for Nolan Hankey, we got paired with Huey Lewis the first year. And, and Nolan's the most relaxed guy on the planet. We get in the car after the first round with Huey. We're driving back from Poppy Hills or something. No one gets in the car and turns on the radio. And he looks right at me and he goes, Huey? And he presses one of the buttons. This is back when radios had buttons. And it's some other song. And he goes, no. And then he presses another button and goes, Huey? And it's another song. No. He hits the third button. It's a Huey Lewis song. And we just lost it. (laughs) I think that answers it. I love it. Well, good times. Awesome. It'll be fun to see how those guys do. Steph Curry, we'll see Tony Romo, we'll see others uh, there for the Safeway Open coming up. Well, Caddy, thanks for sharing some stories, man. Always good to visit with America's favorite Caddy. More Real Golf coming up next. Thanks for joining us here. Brian and Bob with you on Real Golf Radio. Hi, I'm Brent Brown. When I opened Brent Brown Toyota in 1999, I never dreamed that in 2016 would be Utah's number one volume new car dealership. And in early 2017, when we became the number one Metro Toyota dealership in the entire United States in customer loyalty, you can imagine how proud I was of my team. Simply put, no other dealer in Utah, or in the entire region for that matter, has as many repeat customers as Brent Brown Toyota in Orem. At Brent Brown Toyota, bending over backwards isn't just a slogan, it's our mission. And just because you get our low prices doesn't mean you have to give up on great service after the sale. In fact, people drive from all over Utah and beyond to get our incredible deals, and then they send their friends and family. You don't become number one in the nation by taking advantage of people and then never seeing them again. Excellence both during and after the sale is what keeps our customers coming back again and again. That's probably why Time Magazine recently selected us as the quality dealer of the year for Utah. So if it's time to buy a new car, why not buy from the best? Brent Brown, Toyota, and Orem. Hi, this is Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen can help you if you've been injured in an accident. However, one thing we can't do is change the amount of your insurance coverage. You need to do that before an accident. By calling your insurance agent today, you can significantly raise your insurance limits for literally pennies a day. You'll be shocked to find out how little it costs to really protect yourself and your family. To learn more about this and other important elements of an accident, visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. 
Hey guys, Brian and Bob here, two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. Yep, I'm rocking the new Traeger Timberline 1300 with its three racks for more space. It's double insulated, so I'd never need to use a blanket, and I control it through the Traeger app on my phone. That's awesome, but I'm hooked on my new Yoder YS640S, also with Wi-Fi. This is the most versatile smoker slash grill that I've ever used. I feel like a barbecue pit master, but whatever you need, hey, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton. Or online at barbecuepitstop.com. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at zionsbank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. More choices, more experience, better vision at Hoops Vision. Tee it up at Uinta Golf with their sizzling summer savings specials. Look for hot deals on items like TaylorMade TP5 Picks Golf Balls, now two dozen for only $80. Cleveland CBX Wedges for only $99.99. That's a $30 savings. And save up to $200 on Rogue Irons. Just a few of the hot specials you'll find now at Uinta Golf Shop sizzling summer savings. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee, serving golfers since 1970. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Welcome back, Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you right here on 1280 The Zone, hour number three, brought to you in part by Barbecue Pit Stop. Three locations. Along the Wasatch Front, serving you from Lehigh, Salt Lake, and Layton. They are your barbecue pit stop masters and I just absolutely, I can't tell you, I throw another tri-tip on. Did did we do this last? No, I did ribs last week. Tri-tip this week. It was unbelievable on this Yoder YS640. My mother-in-law's in in town, and I said, look, we'll throw a little tri-tip on this thing. We'll show you what's up. And she was blown away. And my wife says, I am the best fed wife ever. She she loves this. So if you you need a little help, if you want to go to the barbecue pit stop and you want to get you a new smoker, but you're you're thinking your wife's not going to approve, all you need to do is have her talk to someone's wife who has a smoker. Because what happens is, guys, we start, we cook more and everybody benefits from the end results of all of that. It's changed our life. We all benefit. You, you. You've got the Yoder. I've got the um, the Traeger Timberline 1300. Interesting. Last weekend, 
our son Harrison. Uh, we were celebrating his birthday a couple weeks late because he's been out of town. Um, and he said, hey, can you cook a brisket? And I said, well, I don't have a brisket, but I have a couple chuck, chuck roasts. So I threw a couple chuck roasts on the Traeger, um, followed the recipe that's in their app, and uh, it came out perfect. Nice and smoked, had a great ring, and uh, and as we know, pot roasts are, have, a t have a tendency to be really tender and moist and that kind of thing. That's how it came out. It was awesome. Really? Yes. Chuck roasts. All right. Pot roasts. Okay. I will yeah. see. I, and I have, I've only done one, and I, I'm, I didn't do a very good job with it. So I'd like Smoke to know your recipe roast. because it, yep. it, it dried out a little bit. So I, just, I kind of have been avoiding the chuck roast on the smoker. No, it's awesome. All right, I got to awesome. work at that. See that that's that's the point. There's always an opportunity to get better. It's like golf; yep. you can always work yep. through, you know, those types of things. So anyway, uh, if you get to the barbecue pit stop masters. They'll take care of you there. The pros, pros, barbecuepitstop.com. Rub sauces, uh, everything you need from uh, the hardware as well at barbecue pit stop and barbecuepitstop.com. All right, as we mentioned, golf life. Barbecuing is part of the golf life too. Eating is part of the golf life, but so is the aeration process on the golf course. We alluded to it earlier. Jake Ebner, uh, Alpine superintendent, was kind enough to spend some time with us. Here's our conversation and the process that goes the golf course goes through and the superintendent goes through to help make beautiful greens. As we mentioned, it's time to shift gears just a little bit. And one of the segments we throw in every now and again is the golf life, and it's. Uh, time for a chapter that is sort of bittersweet. Uh, that's the way I'm going to describe it. It's the it's the aeration season. So time for aerifying. Greens are getting punched and sanded, and it really is a bit disheartening on a couple of fronts for for the golfer. One, it's a realization that you're going to be out of commission for a week to two weeks as far as putting the perfect surfaces that you're mostly accustomed to. But second, typically it signifies that we're coming to the end of the season, at least when you're doing a fall aeration like what we're experiencing here in Utah. So I realize in different parts of the country where you may be listening that you know things are on a different schedule and whatnot. But I think for most of you, you can identify with the realization that it's time to aerify the greens and what that means. So I thought it might be helpful for those of us who struggle with this in the sense that we realize, okay, this is, this, this is, a, this is a bit of a bummer. Why is it that it has to happen? Why does it happen so frequently? And what is, the, what is the end cause or end result for all of us? And why is it that it's important? So I figured it'd be, uh, it'd be good to go to the source. So I go to our, my own superintendent, golf course superintendent, Alpine Country Club, where I've been a member for about 10 years. And uh, Jake Ebner does a great job. I mean, absolutely, hands down across the membership, you would describe Alpine Country Club's greens as uh, some of the best in the state, if not the best at times. So Jake, kind enough to spend some time with us. Hey, Jake, how are you, man? Good. good. Good morning. Yeah, good to spend some time with you. All right, so you heard my little rant there leading into it, and I, I don't suppose <laughs> I'm the uh, unique case. I think most golfers probably rue the day that the greens get punched. But uh, first of all, I, let's just start with the question, why does it have to happen? I mean, I think we kind of know, but just tell us from a from an agronomical standpoint, if I don't even know if that's the right word, from an agronomy standpoint, why does that have to happen? Yeah, so we, we're trying to manage the – the thatch in greens and the compaction from all the traffic over the course of the year. So it's just every golf course is a little bit different. We do soil tests that measure those things. So based on what we see from those soil tests, we decide, you know, how we're going to aerate and how often. So I hear thatch and compaction. So obviously you're, this is a unique situation. This is not your lawn at home. Uh, this is a unique uh, 
surface uh, with the putting green and, and able to have it be firm, to have it be smooth, to have them be able to roll a, a ball across it as, as quickly as you do, you know, greens that are typically 10 plus pushing 11 plus on a regular basis. What, what is it? The toll talk about this compaction and thatch. What is it that we're doing by walking and mowing and rolling and all season long in the heat? Yeah. So over the course of the year um, with thatch, you know, with that, all that grass growing and, and clippings you get a buildup of organic matter that sits right on top of the soil. And so that just kind of creates that puffiness that you feel. And you can measure that when you take the soil sample and they tell you, hey, you got 2%, 4% organic matter there. And so we look at those numbers and we decide how aggressive do we want to be with the aeration? What do we have to try to do? So those greens are firm and they roll smooth and consistent. And then compaction is just a matter of all that traffic of golfers and the mowers and rolling over the greens every day because we mow greens here every day. Sometimes we mow them twice a day and that just helps relieve that compaction in the soil so that the roots can breathe and water will penetrate. And it just creates a much better growing environment for the grass. So what's the process? What's the process that you go through as far as aeration is concerned and working on those greens? So when we do our fall aeration, we pull a core out because we're really um, concerned about trying to relieve compaction from the, from the summer, from all the golf we've had this summer. So we go over with our air fire and pull a core out. It's about what we use is a half inch diameter time. And we'll go three to four inches deep. So you pull the, you verify the grain and then we have a machine that comes across and, and sweeps up all the cores. Um, so really one to two guys can do that. It takes them about six hours to sweep and clean up all the grains. And then we apply a heavy top dressing of sand. If you want to fill those holes with sand and then, um, there's different ways to incorporate that sand into the holes. We use drag mats to kind of hold the sand. And as you drag over the holes, the sand falls in and fills those aerification holes. And then we'll roll them to try to smooth them out. And then it's just that, you know, 10 to 14 day period of the grass growing enough to, to heal in. So is the grass, does the grass actually, um, the roots, do they grow into those sandy filled holes is that what's going on is that does the grass just all sort of fill in but now it has space if you will it's kind of almost like uh you know losing a little bit of weight so you can you can breathe a little better i mean is that kind of what's happening there oh for sure i mean the roots love air they need air oxygen water to grow so that's the best environment for them to grow so you'll see in the springtime when you pull a core out of the green you'll see those holes will be full of full of roots wow just that quick. All right, so the yeah. sand goes across. I imagine it matters what type of sand you use, too, as to how the experience is going to be because, surprisingly, while it doesn't look pleasant if you're used to a perfectly green, smooth putting surface, the ball actually, you know, shortly after aeration, it, it, it surprises me how well the ball will still roll across that sandy surface. And I know Bob could speak to his dad, Billy Casper, grew up in New Mexico putting on sand, full-on just sand greens, right? So it, it is, I guess it matters what type of sand and the coarseness of the grain, that type of thing, huh? Yeah, we, we definitely want a, a good sand. Try not, you don't want large particles in there that are going to stop the ball or cause the ball to bounce. So we, we use the same sand that we build greens out of and the same sand that we have in our bunkers. And it's, it's a pretty uniform sand, meets USGA specs for what you should put on a green. And so it's, it's pretty smooth at Alpine. You're talking about fall punching, but some courses 
punches well in in the springtime. Why would you do that coming out of winter when you haven't had as much traction or compaction on on the greens? You know, that's a good question. Again, a lot of that is based off what your soil um, samples will tell you and how much that you have. Is it a golf course that hasn't been maintained very well, so you're trying to fix the problem, so that takes that extra aeration. Um, I know some golf courses in Florida that are are growing year-round. They'll aerate three, four times a year because they're just trying to keep up with that accumulation of thatch and organic matter. And it just depends how many times you need to aerate to, to keep that under control. For us here in the spring, we have mostly push-up greens, so they're 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 not a USGA green. They don't have a they're not all sand with a gravel layer at the bottom. So we in the springtime we'll go in with a smaller tine that's eight inches long, and we'll get a nice good aeration deep into the greens just to help with our drainage on our native push-up greens. Jake Ebner's That's the golf. Why we do it twice a year. Oh, sorry about that, Jake. Jake Ebner's the golf course oh, superintendent fine. at Alpine Country Club. All right, so just a matter of info. Along with aeration, what is it that you do uh, and your crew does throughout the year to main- make and maintain good putting surfaces? I mean, as I mentioned, we enjoy really nice putting surfaces at Alpine on a regular basis. W- what are some of the practices that go into behind the scenes that we don't see that makes it so? I think one of the most important things is we top dress on a regular basis. Throughout the season, every two weeks we go out and put a light layer of sand on those grains. And occasionally we'll vertically mow, which just kind of grooms the top of the grass. And, um, and things like growth regulators we're able to use here. Um, those, those are some of the things that we do to keep the greens real nice. You've been doing this a long time. How, how has it changed, like evolved? What, how much information, new information and science and technology and everything that goes into it and even equipment that, that you're provided with, how much has that changed what you're able to do? It's, it's changed a lot in the last 20 years that I've been doing it. I mean, the, the airification process used to be someone would go out and airify and then it was manpower of having to go out by hand and shovel all these cores up. So it was a long process that would take multiple days to complete the whole process. And now with like the pro sweep that we have that picks up the cores, basically one guy can go out and do that process. And the top dressers have gotten a lot better. So you're able to put down that fan more uniform in a shorter amount of time. So definitely the tech, the technology has helped us a lot. And Jake, before we let you go, and we're just about out of time, but uh, and I appreciate you sharing this. Again, it helps us to maybe deal with the the agony of understanding we're we're going to be out of a putting surface for a week or two. But so we're, we're working through this. But we we understand it's a necessary evil, and and we enjoy uh, the the fruits of of what's going on now throughout the season. But what tips or advice? Maybe maybe a little rant. I know you don't want to rant on people, so I know you're not actually going to do that. But what are some things that you would like to say from a golf standpoint? Those of us that are listening, what can we do as golfers on a regular basis throughout our round of play that can help you and not thwart the efforts that you're doing to try to produce these uh, beautiful putting surfaces? Well, just it's more a golf course on a whole. If I could change one thing about golfers, it's, it's how they drive golf carts across the golf cart, a uh, golf course. If everyone would just drive where you see no one else is driven, you know, you'll see golf courses where there might only be a few areas that you can exit the fairway to get to a car path. Drive where you haven't seen anyone else drive and spread the traffic out as best as possible. And that makes a huge difference as far as how the whole golf course is condition-wise. 
I like that. I thought you'd for sure go with fix your ball marks, but that's good. I, I like that. Um, drive where no one else is driven. Okay. And that's why you put those little barriers <laughs> sometimes coming off the cart pass to steer us into different areas that are less traffic, yeah. right? That's right. Keep those tires on the cart path and drive where no one else is driven. Spread the love across the golf course. And it really helps in those areas where you get a lot of traffic. It would help in those areas that you fight to try to grow grass. I love it. Good stuff. Insights right there. Golf course superintendent. He's one of the best. And uh, I'll tell you what, if you've ever played Alpine Country Club in Highland, Utah, you know. Uh, Jake, thanks so much for your time, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for all you do for us. Thanks for having me, Brian. All right, there you go. A golf life segment with Jake Ebner. Golf course superintendent with Alpine Country Club. Thanks so much to Jake for spending some time. It's brought to you in part by Hoops Vision. HoopsVision.com. Mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 on your LASIK procedure. What are you waiting for? It's a great time to get your eyes fixed so you can actually see that golf ball when you bust it out there 350. You know you do. But you want to see it. Go to HoopsVision.com. Get set up today. Free comprehensive consultation. Bob has done it. I've done it. Our families have done it. Uh, Mike Weir, Boyd Summerhays. If you, This is the place to go. Mike Reed. If you want to get your eyes done go to hoops vision they're the best in the business short break more real golf continues next i'm bob casper with the casby real estate group where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in utah we understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience at the casby real estate group we provide cutting edge technology innovative marketing strategies and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals we care about what you care about and our most important partnership is with you that's why i'm with casby real estate group at ipro realty network where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried & Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. More choices, more experience, better vision at Hoops Vision. 
Hi, fellow sports fans. It's Ned Siegfried. What would we do without sports? Following our favorite sports teams, whether it be the Jazz or the Utes or the Cougs, takes our mind off the many challenges in life. Accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with. If you're one of these people, we'd love to talk to you about your situation. Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free. Or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Hey guys, Brian and Bob here, two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. Yep, I'm rocking the new Traeger Timberline 1300 with its three racks for more space. It's double insulated, so I'd never need to use a blanket, and I control it through the Traeger app on my phone. That's awesome, but I'm hooked on my new Yoder YS640S, also with Wi-Fi. This is the most versatile smoker slash grill that I've ever used. I feel like a barbecue pit master, but whatever you need, hey, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton. Or online at barbecuepitstop.com. Tee it up at Uinta Golf with their sizzling summer savings specials. Look for hot deals on items like TaylorMade TP5 Picks Golf Balls, now two dozen for only $80. Cleveland CBX Wedges for only $99.99. That's a $30 savings. And save up to $200 on Rogue Irons. Just a few of the hot specials you'll find now at Uinta Golf Shop sizzling summer savings. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee, serving golfers since 1970. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back in. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us. Segment brought to you in part by Callaway Golfs. So check it out, the new Jaws MD5 wedges from Callaway. Hey, if you did miss us in hour number one, we began our way too early major preview, uh, which we like to do. We like to have some fun. We're not getting into predictions just yet. We do our way too early major predictions. Usually we get Jeff Babineau involved in that one. So we'll, yep. we'll do that at another time. But the, just the preview. So we began with Augusta National, and, of course, we went through the leaderboard, and you can catch that on, on uh, uh, our website or our Twitter handle, which at, at Real Golf, if you want to go back and listen. But let's just go. The highlights, of course, is Tiger Woods with his win, 15th major, 5th green jacket, 13 under par, one better than uh, Shoffley, Kepka, and Dustin Johnson. And you really like Xander Shoffley and Tony yeah, Fina, I, who played in that final group next year. Yeah, Augusta. I, I do. I think Xander Shoffley will win a major championship this year. Mm. Um, spent some time with Tony Finau recently before he left to go uh, across the pond to play in this week's BMW championship. And uh, his feeling is that... Uh, uh, he he's excited to get back to Augusta and that he wants to parlay what he's done the last two years into a championship this coming year. Look, a top 10 finish on a broken ankle and then on a healthy ankle, he makes his plays his way into the final group and finishes top five. So nothing to shake a stick at there. And Tony nope. certainly trending in the right direction, no doubt about it. And then, of course, uh, the PGA Championship, they're up uh, in the second in the batting order now, moving from uh, cleanup to second. And uh, they will be the month of May. And, of course, Beth Page Black on the East Coast. They'll be moving now to the West Coast and Harding Park. Brooks Kepka with a two-shot win over Dustin Johnson. There's DJ once again with yep. a second-place finish in consecutive major championships. We've seen Tiger, John Daly have success on this golf course. Uh, we've seen uh, President's Cup being played. Harding Park's going to be a fantastic venue for the PGA. It is going to be a fantastic venue. It's going to be a lot like... Um, 
You saw at the Olympic Club, that's a that's a golf course that's uh, that's very similar. The, you see those golf courses right in that same area, and um, it's a golf course that uh, that's going to play tough. Um, it's uh, it's held a lot of great events. Um, it's a golf course that is known in that area and uh, w- one that a lot of people want to play. It's a public golf course. You can get out and play that golf course. So it's going to be fun to see how these guys are able to tackle that golf course into a PGA Championship setup. Easier to get on at Harding Park or Bethpage Black? Both accessible to the public, but both. challenging. Yeah, both both are challenging, but I think you can get on both of both courses. Um, and, you know, if you want to make... If you want to make that trek out to uh, Bethpage Black uh, and sleep in the parking lot, or if you want to have a chance to uh, to get on Harding Park, I haven't heard about one the... of them would be great on your resume of golf courses that you could play. No doubt, but I'm, I haven't heard the stories. Like, are there sleeping in your car stories for Harding Park? I, I haven't heard those things. Yeah, I do not know yeah, that so anyway. about Harding Park. Yeah, kind of interesting. Also, uh, Jordan Spieth. Don't want to overlook that. Tied for third. That was his best finish. In majors for last year, so uh, and then Patrick Cantlay also in that uh, in that uh, yep. three way tie for third at two under par. And you you say don't sleep on Patrick Cantlay next year either. No, Patrick Cantlay is another one that uh, had a phenomenal year this last year. Um, he's a guy that uh, that plays big in in big tournaments. Um, he uh, he's been right in the mix in some of the big tournaments on the PGA Tour and in some of the major championships. Uh, he's another guy that I think is going to break out really quickly in winning a major guys that had uh, that we haven't mentioned that had back-to-back top tens from the pga to the u.s open was adam scott uh remains to be seen what plays out in his home country with the president's cup but you know you've said that before when he got picked by captain greg norman and mm-hmm. played well in a president's cup that's when he went on to was that was that the next year that he won the Masters? I think so. Yeah. So you know, perhaps you know we're seeing a trend, and we had a chance to to have him on the show at Pebble Beach. Was super nice. Feels super confident. That's a guy with a ton of talent, and it's just really been a struggle with the putter with these new rules. But he seems to be figuring some things out. So uh, I only point that out because he tied for eighth at the PGA at Bethpage, and then he ties for seventh at the U.S. Open. At Pebble Beach, so just maybe somebody to take a look at. But of course, it was Gary Woodland with a three-shot win at Pebble over, of course, Brooks Kepka at ten under par. Xander Shoffley checking in there at a T three with John Rahm and Chez Reeve, Justin Rose, all at seven. And then there, there's Adam Scott there at six with uh, Louis Oosthuizen. And so um, Rory McIlroy, by the way, another top ten there, T nine at five under par. Uh, it, we learned a lot from Pebble. Of course, it's going to be a completely different look as we finish talking about. Going in as we finished up hour number one, Wingfoot hosting the U.S. Open. Everybody says this is the ultimate U.S. Open golf course. Of course, your dad winning 60 years ago back in 1959. Yeah, and it's a golf course that's a big golf course. It's a golf course that slopes a lot from back to front as far as the greens are concerned. There's a lot of undulation. There's a lot of speed. You don't want to miss the ball pin high right or left and short side yourself. Um, because it becomes very, very difficult to get the ball up and down. Um, that was the reasoning for my dad on the third hole for laying up during the 59 U.S. Open when he hit five iron down short into the fairway and then pitched up the green because he felt if he got the ball pin high either side of of uh, of the green there at the third hole that it would be tough for him to make bogey 
let alone not make a bigger number. And he ended up making par every day, uh, getting up and down from the front of the third hole and ending up winning by a shot over Bob Rosberg. But but Let me, before you move course. on, before you move on, it, we need to yep. point out that the third hole is a par three. It yes. is a par three. Yes, Billy Casper laid actually up laid up on a par three in yeah. a U.S. Open, all four rounds, was even for the hole, won by a shot. It's a, one of the great stories in golf. Um, but, you know, this Hale Irwin won this golf tournament at plus seven. The massacre. The massacre. So, you know, the USGA is going to set it up as a traditional type of um, parkland type of a golf course. It's not something that you're going to see like Pebble Beach or uh, Shinnecock or something like that. This is going to be a tough, stern test of golf um, at the U.S. Open, and it's going to crown a great champion. Um, who that will be, uh, boy, that's going to be a tough one. Um, the final, I don't know. All these venues, well, Harding Park is probably the exception. But outside right. of Harding Park, three very historic yes. venues for the majors, which that tends to be, right? Obviously, Augusta every year is historic. But yep. think about this. You have a chance to put your name, like you talked about, on in that hallway yes. of champions with Bobby Jones who won the U.S. Open in 1929, which, by the way, they went into a 36-hole playoff, as they did back then. He won by 23 shots. Imagine. <laughs> 23. Wow. Wow. Al Espinosa. Yep. yep. I've heard the name, but, oh, my goodness, 23. Way to show up for the playoff. Was he injured? I want to know the rest of that story. What happened there? Um <laughs> And then uh, you've got Billy Casper, 30 years later, winning uh, by a stroke over Bob Rosberg, as we mentioned, in 1959. Hell Irwin in 1974, the massacre, plus seven over Forrest Fesler. Don't know that name either. Uh, but, I, but I'm not, I'm going to give myself an excuse because I was three months old. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. Um, Fuzzy Zeller in 1984 with an uh, eight-stroke playoff win over Greg Norman. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what, man. If you get in a playoff, you better bet the the over on the strokes. Good grief. Uh, the U.S. Open in 2006, last time was played, Jeff Ogilvie over a one-shot victory over Phil Mickelson. And you remember that one, Phil Mickelson uh, made the double bogey off of the tent down the left side of the 18th hole. He ended up only hitting one fairway in in the final round of golf and still only lost by... A shot. A shot or so. Yep, a shot. Um, but, uh, I'm but such Jeff an idiot. Ogilvy, yeah, Jeff Ogilvy was able to win that one. Um, and there was a cast of characters that were right in the mix there. Colin Montgomery in the middle of the fairway on the 18th hole doesn't hit the green. With a 7-iron. Um, or was it a 9-iron? Seven 7-iron, seven I think. Yeah, 7 or 8-iron, something like that. So, um, yeah, Monty and, and Furyk uh, both finished the shot back. Yeah, and Tiger Woods had missed the cut that week. His dad had passed away earlier in the year, and then he went on to win the British Open, uh, the next major championship. Yeah, and that was, yeah, that was historic. I think that was the first major he missed as a professional, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yep. So that was that was interesting. All right, that'll do it for us. It's been a fun one. Way too early majors preview. It's not going to go down that way. doesn't matter what guys did this year and what we think might happen next year. A lot going to change in the next six months, but can't wait for the Masters. Looking yeah, forward and, to it every and year. You know what? The majors is what it's all about, and it's never too 
way too early to talk about the majors. I like it. That's why we do it. We'll do our yep. way too early major predictions coming up, too. Uh, that's always a fun time, and we'll write it down and see how it changes as the first major approaches, because it always does. Hey, thanks to uh, our great producer, Dave Glauser. Thanks to uh, all of you who uh, spend some time with us every Saturday morning from 6 to 9. Thanks to the caddy, Jake Ebner. If you missed any part of the show, again, hit us up on Twitter, at RealGolf, where you can listen to all the segments in its entirety. Also, you'll be able to find us soon on the Zone app and any of the podcaster sites that you're looking for is always available as well. All right, for Bob Casper, I'm Brian Taylor. As always, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on Real Golf Radio. Thanks for listening to Brian and Bob on Real Golf Radio. Join us on Twitter at Real Golf or on our website at realgolfradio.com. It's been real. 